0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Barancini and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darlings. Corrine Carmi, like many women, was experiencing painful sex throughout her 20s with absolutely no resolution or path to a solution. That's just the way it is, was the answer, and it wasn't one she was comfortable with. After doing some research, she realized a staggering one in six women experience chronic painful sex One in three adult women experience incontinence and one in two women going through menopause suffer from vaginal atrophy. So she launched Origin, a physical therapy designed for women and mothers available online and in person. We discuss her symptoms, why women need and deserve physical therapy, why preventative care is so important, how her ads for the brand have sparked controversy, and so much more. It's mostly a lot of me being shocked by facts that are incredibly frustrating. And being so thankful, another female founder came up with a life-changing solution. I have a funny story for you before we start. I have a friend who walked by Origin the other day, a guy friend. Nice. Walked in there and was like, I have to be able to come here. This is the most beautiful place. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. Did he see the the sign that said the best kegel
0: south of sunset? <laughs> I don't. I think he clearly missed like the vagina references, but he was like, <gasps> it was so beautiful. And his girlfriend and I were like, yeah, we can have like one place for ourselves that you don't need to, to encroach on. <laughs> well, I'm,
1: I'm glad he senses it. We're trying to make it normal, you know. Our one and um, our location and Brett, what is right next to John and Vinny's. And I always joke, I'm like, you can pick up your pizza and check out your public floor and just hang
0: out. (laughs) Tell me a little bit. I mean, you had such an amazing career. So give me a little bit of a background before we pop into the origin of origin.
1: Sure. Well, and thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And especially at this big moment in your life, it's really (laughs) exciting for you. Yeah. So I kind of started my career in a very different way. Both my parents are immigrants and they were like work and make money and you know the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started as a management consultant. That career that's George Clooney up in the air, you know, you go around to big companies and give them advice. And I had a moment realizing that I had no idea what I was you know really doing. <laughs> like I'm 23. I don't know that I'm the right person for this job. And I was living in New York at the time and really excited by the startup world. So I got to join and help launch and grow a few venture-backed businesses in crazy fields, everything from 3D printing to digital healthcare. And this whole theme for me was always, how do we just unblock and unlock human potential? So whether that's Mm. through technology or through healthcare or through wellness, just let's, let's get, let's get the system working for people instead of against us. And It was a few years ago when I reconnected with my co-founder, an old friend from high school, and she had recently had a baby. And I was looking to do something far more purposeful. You know, you have all these skills, but ultimately, I think we hit our 30s and we're like, okay, what are we actually doing with our time? Mm -hmm. Um, And I took some time off from work and also really realized how disconnected I had become from my body. I think so often, you know, especially as a young woman in New York, I was always the youngest person in the room. I had to pretend that I wasn't a young woman. I was like, I can do all of this, and you know, I internalized a lot of the these issues that I wasn't dealing with. And I have ulcerative colitis, and I have having painful sex. And ultimately, I had this light bulb moment when I was connecting with Nona, where we were talking about her experience postpartum. Her body was a wreck. I had had painful sex, and we asked this big question: like, why is no one actually helping women? feel good Mm -hmm. in their bodies from a true healthcare standpoint. And so that sparked this big shift for me from thinking about how do we use technology and business to actually shift this paradigm for women too.
0: It's unbelievable that you have to be so proactive and like your own advocate to figure out what it is that you physically need during a pregnancy. And just as a woman in general, Yeah, I have a friend who had a baby and, and, uh, And she was like, my husband broke his pinky finger and his doctor assigned him like six sessions with a physical therapist. And I had a fucking baby and (laughs) didn't have anyone tell me anything about my body. And I was expected to just like, okay, we have to relax. But like she ended up realizing that she had like a problem with her pelvic floor and had to go totally. find some like weird hippy dippy woman to do like literally like put her hands inside of her and move her her pelvic floor around. And so when I it's heard eternity. about origin, I was like, this is so... Well, because we also in America doesn't come from a place of like preventative medicine by any oh. means. It's the opposite well, of-
1: you know, I, there is such a deep and tragic history of normalizing or ignoring women's pain. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but the word hysteria, so women are told they're hysterical, or they're too emotional. Hysteria actually comes from the Greek word for womb. So literally we've been telling women that they are <laughs> <Jesus>. crazy <laughs> for years and, and it creates, you know, I think actually other health effects. So if you internalize your pain or if you think that this is normal, it almost, you, you might actually ignore these signs or symptoms. And so women are more likely to have signs and symptoms of heart attacks ignored. So mm. you take all of that and you put it in the context of pregnancy and our whole system is designed to say, great, let's get you to a safe and healthy labor and delivery. And then we're going to only focus on the child. So, you know, you're going to have one six-week visit postpartum with your OB and you're going to have, you know, 16 visits with your pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And yet your body, you know, has gone through this miracle feat and clearly you need to have rehab. Like the whole pinky story is absurd. In France, actually, I don't know if you know this, but every woman gets physical therapy postpartum and oh. they call it um, perennial re-education uh, because <laughs> like, you know, it matters. And and it's so, I'm glad that we're talking now, even for for you, because- If we start to work on our pelvic floors earlier in life, you know, as we go through menopause or as our body ages, things can happen, right? Like your muscles weaken, you could start to leak. So you might not be able to control your bladder. Sex could start to hurt more. And so all of these things, it's just, it's just a part of our body that it's like your back or your legs. Like you wouldn't not work those out or you wouldn't not invest in those straight, but like no one's talking about it.
0: No. And then you're talking about it when you've given a birth to a child and you're like having some wine with your girlfriends and you are like, was pain insane for you? Or was pain insane for you? Was sex insane for <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> like, like my hips hurt. Like, you know, I had a girlfriend like cry last year. The, You know, it was like a couple days after she had had sex for the first time with her husband after giving birth. And she was like, my body feels insane. Like, it's not yeah. even like, yeah, okay. Things have like shifted and skin and whatever, but she was like, my hips hurt. Like this, it was yeah. so painful. And I remember thinking like, and there's just no solution for that. Like, I was like, what did your doctor say? Like, oh, nothing. Yeah. You know, and then she had to be her own advocate and do her own research. So, I mean, I'm I'm so upset that I live so far away from where <laughs> her origin is because I'm like deep in the suburbs. But tell me if about you know first of all if someone but you you don't you don't even it you don't have to obviously be pregnant to go to origin obviously this is just like a a female yeah. space for sort of any physical therapy correct
1: totally you know and so the the big idea is that there's actually 40 million women every year with pelvic floor dysfunction and these full body issues related to pregnancy and postpartum and menopause Mm. and PT, which we don't think about PT for vaginas, right? You're like, I go to PT when I break my pinky, but not, you know, (laughs) to rehab my core and pelvic floor. Um, (laughs) But physical therapists are really experts in the whole musculoskeletal system. And they think in a much more functional movement way. So whereas an OB is thinking about reproductive health and fertility and these like, you know, these single moments, they're thinking, PTs are thinking about your whole center. You know, your pelvic floor is literally like the center of your body's universe and holds up your organs and it's responsible for your bowel movements and your urine and sex and, you know, all of these other things. So they take that holistic approach. And, you know, when I was in my twenties, I was having painful sex. It was so upsetting because I went to eight different doctors and they're like, well, maybe it'll just go away. Like have a glass
0: of wine and try this cream. Oh my God. Like, yeah. like
1: this is my sex life you're talking about. Like yes, I was, and that's such know,
0: a big deal to feel yeah. that way. It's- but having sex that is in any way uncomfortable in your twenties is scarring to a woman.
1: It's horrible. And then what's crazy is that you and you know, if it's painful, it gets more painful because your muscles, you know, are clenching when you're having sex. And so, why is that
0: happening to you?
1: I don't really know the root cause. Um, I think it actually started, you know with my, me and my partner, it just happened once. And then all of a sudden it kept happening. Mm. And I ultimately went to a PT after I learned yeah. about this. And in two sessions, I'm like, oh, no. okay. I know what's happening. Yeah. 80% gone. Like every now and then it'll hurt a little bit now, but I like I fundamentally even just understand my body so much better. Of course. And so for me, I was like, why is no one talking about this? And you start talking to your friends, even in their twenties, like you could have painful sex related to, you know, postpartum recovery and that's, that's normal, but it can be treated or menopause normal can be treated. And it just baffled me that OBs weren't having this conversation. And I, I think it's not because they don't care. It's just a different expertise. And so mm-hmm. historically it was just hard and not accessible to get physical therapy for women because looks like mental health, right? It was very expensive. It's two to $300 a session. You couldn't really you know, it's, it's kind of like a 1% coastal thing. Um, and so our, our whole approach was how do we make this accessible? Let's take insurance and let's just make this far more normal. Um, but yeah, we do, we focus on a lot of pregnancy and postpartum because it does, it can be really helpful in labor and delivery and that recovery menopause. And then, you know, any sexual function incontinence. So if you're a big CrossFitter, a lot of CrossFit women actually end up leaking so if you ever hear someone running and they can't control their bladder mm. and you know, women, I just had so many conversations with friends where they're like, yeah, I just leak a little bit when I laugh now. And I'm like, well, that's pelvic floor dysfunction and we should get that treated for you. Like, let's go. So what's oh what's cool God. is you could do that in person, but we also, and more and more companies are doing this telehealth has taken off because of COVID and yeah. there's so much you can do on your own and at home. And it's, it all just starts with understanding like, okay, what is this part of my body that I had historically only talked about, you know, behind a closed door. And I call mm. it all these weird words. And It's like, no, this is your vulva and let's
0: get to know it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know I've been speaking with your team because I've been trying to get in there and they've been like, we can just do it over the computer. And I was like, I need one of you to like, I I love physical touch so yeah. much. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> i like, it. I want someone to touch me. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Well, now we're in West Hollywood, so it's a little bit closer to you. A little bit closer. And I'm like, ugh. It is time to seek pleasure in all areas of your life, especially with what you eat. You want to stay healthy, but you don't need to sacrifice by eating meals that you do not enjoy. And with Saqqara, you get delicious, nutritious dishes that nourish your body without ever sacrificing the taste. And I know firsthand because I have done it multiple times. Saqqara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. And it works. The menu of creative chef-crafted ready-to-eat breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly. So you never get bored. And it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S. with Logistically, I have no idea how they even do it, but this fresh, delicious food just shows up. And along with their delicious plant-rich meals, Saqqara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements, like the probiotic that I love to take and herbal teas. I drink the detox a lot, all designed to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder. I do not go anywhere without this stuff. It's made with organic raw cacao, so it tastes delicious and it works to boost energy. It totally eliminates bloating. I mean, for me personally, it minimizes sugar cravings and it reduces fatigue. Saqqara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and more right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order. When you go to sakara.com slash best or enter code best at checkout, that's sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash best to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best. If you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools. Made In's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. I've tried and i I'll purchased all of their knives because, oh my God, when you cook with a knife that actually works, cooking is just a way different experience. Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made In products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from stovetop to the oven. And their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. They have 28,000 five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made in better cookware for better meals. And guess what? Right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code BEST. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. So go to madeincookware.com slash BEST and use promo code BEST for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash BEST and use promo code BEST.
1: I'm Sinead Grimes-Beach. And I'm Annalyn McCord. After years spent playing best friends on screen on 90210. And fighting like hell behind the scenes.
0: Ah, yes. How could I forget? (laughs) (laughs) We made it out of our time in young Hollywood on a show that shared names with the most iconic zip code in the world. Bonded for life, but not without a shit
1: ton of baggage in tow. Now we are back together, letting it all hang out on our new podcast, Unzipped. Tune in and unzip with us and our brilliant guests every Wednesday, wherever
0: you listen to podcasts. So how do you go about starting a physical therapy company (laughs) when you're not a physical therapist? (laughs) If you had told me this is
1: my life, like, you know, five years ago, um, but isn't that the beautiful thing where you just kind of keep unraveling and things, you know, fall into place. But so I, my last company was in the healthcare space and we were helping people really navigate the healthcare system. It's so complicated. Like most people don't know even how to use insurance. You know, it's so it's, for me, it was all about access and information. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had, was catching up with my now co-founder Nona. She had just had a baby and she was five months postpartum. Her abs were still separated. Her neck and shoulder was killing her from breastfeeding. She was having painful sex and she's, you know, a woman of privilege. She has access to great insurance and still no one was like, there's something you can do about it. So she Googled around in desperation and found a clinic in LA that specialized in this work. And in a few sessions, she was on this amazing path to recovery. And so we started talking and I was, you know, recalling this whole experience of mine with painful sex. And we just started asking the question, why doesn't this exist? Like, this is ridiculous. This country has, we spend so much money on healthcare um women are also spending so much money on their bodies and you know wellness and really thinking more holistically there's a desire for for true care but it wasn't it wasn't happening for all of these other reasons around health insurance and access and you know super wonky things but we started just digging in and we partnered with a clinic in LA and ultimately that became the foundation for Origin and as we started you know putting our message out there the feedback has just been so positive because it's such a clear need um and mm-hmm. for us our vision is obviously we want to build a beautiful brand and really elevate it was the a brand is
0: uh, that aspect thank of you. it I mean the brand <laughs> is gorgeous thank you the messaging is gorgeous
1: thank you it was a labor of love but <laughs> for for me it's more than just our company it's we just if, if women don't feel good in their bodies, like if you're not going to feel good after you have a baby, how do you show up not only for yourself, but your family at work? Like there's so many ripple effects and I'm really passionate about empowering women at work. Mm-hmm. And this feels like this fundamental, you know, like if you, if you're afraid to laugh in a meeting, you know, you're going to, you're going to think about all these other things.
0: I know I, now I'm getting to the point where if I laugh too hard, I'm like, Oh no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just, look. You're eight months pregnant. Or, you know, I know you're, it's you're different, right.
0: but it, but I like I said it to my husband the other day. I was like, Oh my god, I think I just peed a little bit, and I was like, Oh god, this is gonna get so much worse after the baby. Like yeah, I have even you could do it. I, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I have to. I I want to bring something up that I that I read in an Emily Oster book. Yeah. Recently, because it totally pertains to this, and I just think it just shows the. Bullshit we've been dealing with for so long. So there's a chapter in one of her books about, um, you know, she debunks all these pregnancy myths. Yeah. And one of them is how soon after delivery can you have sex? In her research, and I've had multiple friends tell me this. hmm She found that there really wasn't a concrete time to tell someone to or to not have sex. But since the dawn of time, doctors have said, if you want me to tell your husband that you don't want to have sex, I will say whatever number you want. And that has been kind of a known practice to tell your patient, hey, by the way... If you don't want to have sex, I'll say it's eight weeks or I'll say it's this or I'll say that you still. And Emily Osser's doctor did it to her and she said it made her very uncomfortable. And so in my head, I'm thinking, if you know that your patient is uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you know that sex should also be a pleasure for your patient, not right. just her, her male identifying partner. Uh-huh. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> by I'm not, <laughs> by not, by saying let's just lie to him because this is clearly you don't feel like it. Sorry, like women should want orgasms too. So why isn't it? Oh, you're not comfortable. Well, let's get let's make sure that you feel good.
1: Exactly. That's. I mean, <laughs> I spend half my time just incredibly angry because there's just I mean, so what much the that's hell? so flawed. You know what's what you're speaking to is this deeper issue that we're not even telling women why is that the case, right? So you might have scar tissue that's creating painful sex or your muscles are still, Mm. you know, weak and you haven't fully recovered. Or if you're still breastfeeding, your hormones are, you know, all over the place. And so there's actually a deep correlation with when you stop breastfeeding and when, you know, a lot of your sexual desire comes back. And Mm. that's not something that's like you're wrong for, but we don't even have those conversations with, with patients. It's totally crazy. But on a deeper, deeper level, there are five times the number of studies about erectile dysfunction than painful sex in women. And Mm. so we're not even looking at the data. (laughs) They're just like, cool, you want to give me some Viagra? Sure. But let's talk Um, about, you know, pain. No way.
0: Yeah. Here's like a rock hard dick for your vagina that hurts. (laughs) Sorry yeah, to be wait. so <laughs> vulgar, but Jesus Christ. You know what well. I think this comes down to in so many conversations we have, and it comes down to like exercise and diet. It's all studies that are done on men. Right. And that's just, I, I mean, literally like the ketogenic diet, hit workouts, yeah. like all these things that ruin our hormones are all things that we're encouraged to do, but they're not done on women. Yeah. I mean, we just need more female doctors to be doing this research.
1: Totally. Did you know that until the 90s, it wasn't required to include women in studies? Like you could just have a study about even ovarian cancer and you could study men and that was legal. Are you Completely. serious? Yeah. Yeah. It's insane.
0: But that just doesn't even make sense, (laughs) you know, outside of being like, I just don't want to include these. Like, it just wouldn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me. Wouldn't you have pride in your work (laughs) to gather like the appropriate data?
1: You know, what's, what's so messed up about this. And there's an amazing researcher. Um, she's Caroline Criado Perez. She wrote Invisible Women that talks all about this Mm -hmm. and in healthcare and really in most data systems, It was always kind of this male norm bias. So it's like, oh, the man is normal and woman is the aberration when obviously like, you know, that's that's clearly flawed. And so in so much research, it was like, well, women are more complicated than men. So to do that research well, it would just be too complicated. And (laughs) clearly (laughs) that's not the case. Um, And so now you can't get government funding uh, for a lot of research unless, you know, you have what's called sex disaggregated data. So you're looking at men and women differently. And it's even true for things like ambient or, you know, dosages of medications, like our, our dosage for medications should be different, you know, based on body type. And so it's changing. And I think there's a deeper awareness of these issues, but this is happening at like the academic level. And I think as consumers, we're taught to trust our medical system and trust our doctors. And, you know, it's, it's scary to think that like someone's not advocating for you and it's maybe not even, again, it's maybe even implicit. Like they don't even know what they don't know.
0: Yes and then I you know I always I, I I approach it from like an empathetic standpoint because like god bless all of our doctors and like thank yeah. god for them but like truly it just comes down to like medical school and you know what what it's a lot of information yeah. <laughs> it's like totally. a really lot of information but i think like it's our archa- i mean even i was think talking about schools with my husband yesterday and i was like if my kids have the same history books that I had growing up, I don't want them to go to that school. Yeah. Like, you know, I was like, that's like archaic, weird information. And then I, and when we talked about it, it was like, it must be the same in when it comes to medical Mm -hmm. school, because you're I mean, there's with new research and case studies take so long and it takes so much funding and it takes such a long time and then to gather all of it. And then to be, so as like someone in medical school, you must also have to be your own advocate to really make sure that you are going above and beyond what like your core teaching is at school.
1: Yeah. Well, in many PT schools and many medical schools, they don't even have dedicated courses on women's health. And so it's really crazy. And to your point, like you just have to continuously do your own research, but also who has time for that. And so that's where I think, you know, brands can come in and it feels like in the last couple of years, I don't know if you're sensing this, but there's almost been this implosion around like all systems. Like, you know, we've kind of stopped trusting to some extent and, and that's required because I don't think we've always had, you know, patients best interest in mind, unfortunately.
0: No. And then being pregnant, I realized that so much of hospital protocols are literally to prevent the hospital from being sued. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So we ended up, you know, we're doing a hospital birth, but we had... We got, we got a midwife and we meet with her once a week and she's coming with us to the hospital and she explains everything to me. And I'm really lucky that I have a young female doctor who's also read the midwifery books and is interested and she's excited to learn from her. And my midwife is excited to learn from her. And they're like, oh, we could be like a great tag team for more women to get really like down the middle of like medical, I always say in between medical and woo-woo, you know, yeah. and, and so you have the intervention there if it's available to you and it's necessary because thank God for it but at the same time it's not the default right is like some intervention and so I think also like what you're doing is first of all how incredible is it that we live in this time where you could just start a brand like you started and make such an impact on the world I mean truly
1: yeah I feel so aligned it's so interesting and I'm sure you do too kind of even with the work you're doing with this podcast like to just be able to do good and get good messages out there and Kind of cuts the clutter. It's incredible, and it's just so much easier than it used to be. Although I do have to say, so we we ended up bringing on outside capital. And a few years ago, when we started, I had all these investors be like, "Well, pregnancy's a little niche, so I don't know." Uh, and uh, I'm like, "Dude," because they were all men who said that. <laughs> like, oh, bye. I'll talk to you in a few years. You
0: know? Yeah. are like, like, I just oh. needed your money. I don't need your opinion. <laughs>
1: It was totally insane. (laughs) And now everyone's like, oh, femtech, women's health is so hot. I'm like, clearly, because we've been ignoring women's bodies for centuries, like it's time for a rethink. But no, it's been really interesting to work in this space. And I mean, even to think about how you start to normalize these things. I've been so upset this morning because Facebook advertising just completely banned our account because one one of our PTs was talking about safe labor and delivery positions. And according to Facebook, that is misleading content and literally there's so much misinformation on this platform. And you're telling me that talking about public health is a problem. Like they've banned every photo we've had of female anatomy. That's not even racy. It's like a diagram of a pelvic floor. And they're like, that's not safe for the internet.
0: But your conspiracy theories are.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's fascinating.
1: Yeah. It's really messed up. And if you're, and we're even just talking about kind of pain and health. If you're a women's brand trying to talk about, you know, um, vibrators or, you know, anything pleasure oriented, good luck. Like there's no Facebook advertising or Google advertising for you. And it's so crazy to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really, really hard to do any. Does that cross over to Instagram? Yeah, you know, there's ways around it. So a lot of it is the imagery you use and the language you use. So it's not that you can't like as a company exist on those platforms, but Mm -hmm. the like every week we get three to five ads banned because they're like, this is unsafe. And it's this constant theme and battle of like literally the algorithms are designed (laughs) to inhibit women's pleasure. It's completely insane.
0: I am fucking mind blown.
1: You're mad tuned, right? so upsetting.
0: Well, Jess, I, I, I mean, so I, what you said a second ago, like touched my heart so much. You saying, I feel so aligned and it's very yeah. rare that you hear someone get to say that about what they're doing. And, yeah. and it's beautiful. It's like, what, a what, like, a, that's like one of the most beautiful things I've heard another woman say. So for you to feel that way and grounded in your work and know that you're changing lives in a positive way, which is by the way, and here's also when people get all triggered by health stuff. You're not telling people to go do heroin. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Like you're telling women that they don't deserve to be in pain. So to then have your back up against the wall when you're just trying to do basic promotion for your business that everyone else gets to do. I mean, I yeah. can't imagine. So how are you? How I mean, how do you? I mean, mentally, how do you deal with that? <laughs> I and mean, then like, legally, what do you do? Like, what's your plan of action here? Yeah. I mean, you're catching me hot
1: off the press. Cause this happened an hour ago. So I had to just recenter. I'm like, I should I talk some where? shit
0: on my, on my Instagram
1: right now? <laughs> yeah. No, should we, should we coalition. troll
0: Facebook? <laughs> oh,
1: what a dream would that be? Right. Um, no, look, there's, there's ways around it, but I think there's a much bigger conversation to be had and it's not just limited to Facebook. Right. So I, um, we just opened up a clinic in San Francisco and we had some signage on the window that was really like actually empowering. It said breaking glass ceilings, healing pelvic floors, which I thought was like fun We're you know, a little, a little, totally innocent, fine, normal. You're also
0: in San Francisco where people like do gross things on the street all day long.
1: And, and guess what? In three days we had to take it down because there was a fury from the neighbors who thought it was too aggressive and abrasive in San Francisco. And so To me, it's, well, right. Some people say you're not, the Marina Calhalla. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, but this is, that's. That's a different, uh,
1: that's maybe a NIMBY thing. But, you know, for me, what is that phrase? You're not doing something right unless you're pissing people off. We're going to have people who are uncomfortable with, you know, female empowerment. We're literally trying to activate, you know, an internal awakening in women on so many levels, right? That you don't have to be in pain, that pleasure is not a gift or, you know, something you just get to have, but yeah. it's truly like yours to own. There's people who are uncomfortable with that. And I think we're seeing a societal shift where a lot of millennial women, you know, like us are getting pregnant or having kids and they're like, this is the system. Like, no, this is mm-hmm. not going to exist anymore. So I don't know. Let's, let's just start a anti-Facebook uh, <laughs> campaign. Together, I am
0: My brain is swirling, (laughs) thinking like, was it a bunch of men that did that? And then if your wife is backing that, like, what kind of woman is that who's like, yeah, you're making us uncomfortable? Like, like how are you uncomfortable? And then I'm like, and then I and then I go deeper to think, wow, your life must ultimately you don't feel seen or heard, and you probably have never been seen or heard, and that's your comfort zone is not being seen or heard because if you're triggered by seeing the word pelvic floor when you see people like shit and do drugs on the street all day long in San Francisco, yeah. sorry. It's not like, you know what I mean? And then I th- Oh my God, I said, that's so odd and, and so conservative.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the right word. And, Look, we will get billboards. I told the team, I was like, "Whatever, let's just go buy a billboard on the corner and then they can not yeah. <laughs> screw that." You know, I'm like, I'm going to send everyone mailers and just be like, let's "Talk about your sex life if you're having this much knowledge yeah, exactly. about this issue." You should find
0: out all those people and write a letter and be like, "To the woman who lives here, are you okay? Like, wink yeah. twice if you need help." <laughs>
1: exactly. Like, slip something under the door. Tell <laughs> me. I
0: don't oh know. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, But it's, it's interesting to me. um, And even on that personal level of like how this all came about for myself, you know, you internalize objectification, right? So if like you, if I viewed my body as this thing that was only, you know, used for sex with, you know, men or whatever it was, and, and I I never really got this kind of inside out view for so long, you know, until I kind of had this awakening that I'm like, oh, I'm internalizing all my stress mm -hmm. in my colon and all these other things. And that can impact my health. And there's some really interesting research that shows the more you view your body as an object, the harder it is for you to actually understand what's happening in your body. So mm-hmm. it's really hard for you to pinpoint your symptoms or to even say, like, oh, I'm having painful sex. And so part of this, to your point, is like, I agree. I feel sorry for these people. Like, let's just, you know, let's actually connect to ourselves and maybe that we'll have a, a different way of opening into what's actually going on.
0: Well, a symptom is your body telling you, yeah. hi. I'm telling you right now that something isn't working. So to totally. take an Advil or to ignore it, or I, I interviewed someone yesterday who has a acupuncture company and she was like, to, and I've been doing this. She's like, I've been doing this for 20 years. And to tell people, hey, like you can do this preventatively. It's like people just sort of like, you know, they'll come here for back pain. They'll do two sessions. It'll feel kind of better. And then they're like, I'm just better off taking the Advil because I don't want to deal. Yeah, You know, it's just mind blowing. Okay, so... If someone gets pregnant, at what point should they start going to origin? What is like the game plan? How does it all set up?
1: Yeah. So I always recommend, and this is going to origin or just even pelvic floor PT more broadly, as soon as you're pregnant, or even before, it's actually ideal to start early because it's almost like strength training for a marathon. Oh, you want to cool. know? Yeah, you kind of want to know, like, hey, what is normal? Because you know, you're eight months pregnant right now. Like, you have pain everywhere. You're uncomfortable. Like, you're ready to go. Yes. So for me to <laughs> tell you, like, you know, let's connect your pelvic floor. If you hadn't done that before, it's it's not uh, not feasible, but it's definitely harder um, or more challenging to kind of remember. Okay, like this was my baseline, and now you know, absolutely, uh, I'm changing. That makes sense. And so even even like an example let's say you're, you're doing more therapeutic exercise with us and doing planks. You might start with a normal plank. And then as your pregnancy progresses, you're going to be like, do the plank against the wall and you know, do things that are safer because your body is
0: changing. So- Yeah, by the way, um, this is also a great, just not to interrupt, yeah. but you no, guys please. also teach women how to, how to do safe workouts.
1: Yeah, that's a big thing because I think it's in some ways, it's less of an issue of people doing unsafe workouts. It's more, a lot of people are just afraid to work out when they're pregnant. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, we'll, we'll try to work with you to figure out what is your baseline. If you're running already, great. Like, let's kind of get you safe running. If you love Pilates, whatever you like to do, like we'll, we'll work with you. And then also do a lot of very specific core and pelvic floor work so that you're as strong as possible going into labor and delivery. And actually, um, Nona, my co-founder, she recently had twins and she delivered both. She delivered both vaginally in 30 minutes. And she credits all of her pelvic floor i Oh, sorry, because, because she had the tools. Yeah, exactly. And look, it doesn't mean birth injuries happen. Like delivery, you know, there's so many other variables. And so million. I never want to say like, oh, you know, it's not It's not about you or you should have or, you know, whatever. It's more do what you can. Um, and ideally you're feeling better and more confident. And then postpartum, I think this should be the norm in this country that every woman gets at least one pelvic floor evaluation by a physical therapist after they give birth. So the doctor says, great, like you're cleared from stitches are fine or everything else. Now let's make sure you're functioning correctly. So you're not leaking. You don't have what's called prolapse. So, you know, your organs can descend and that happens to one in two women as we age. And all of these things often start with birth injury that gets not treated correctly early on. So let's just get a screening almost for women after they give birth to make sure everything is good. If, if you're having painful sex or you're afraid to have sex, you get the tools that you need to feel confident about that. Uh, just a holistic screening. And if anything is going on, great. Now you start a plan of care in like, you know, three to six to nine months, whatever's going on with you, you're on your path to recovery. And then you can go back and do whatever you know, crazy exercises you love to do and not have to worry about you know, exacerbating issues.
0: And you take insurance. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Which is always (laughs) interesting. Yeah.
1: You know, what's interesting, just on the, and I will stop going on the misogyny thing, but um, (laughs) there's (laughs) maybe, maybe not. um, There's no specific codes for pelvic floor PT in Mm. healthcare insurance. And so we have to pretend we're like, you know, traditional orthopedic practice that's treating your pinky or your knee, and it's changing. But that's the other issue. It's like the health system doesn't actually view this historically as a problem. And yet they're sending women to surgeries. So women in their 30s are having surgeries for incontinence and
0: prolapse when they should just be in PT. They're having surgeries for this.
1: Yeah, that's what ultimately will happen. If you don't you know, get treated, you'll get recommended a surgery when it's almost like saying, oh, I have back pain. Cool, let's go get surgery. No, you'll go to PT first. You'll try myself. You'll try all these other things mm-hmm. because if you have surgery, then you need to anyways do recovery. And it's to your point before around preventative care in the U.S., We just haven't shifted this mindset. But I think the good news is that women think very differently about their bodies and holistic care. So I think they're advocating for themselves. And that's how we often find patients. You know, someone would say, my doctor wanted me to have this surgery. Like, I don't want to do that. What else can I do?
0: I thank God for (laughs) surgery, but it's such a crazy default. Surgeons love to do surgery.
1: Yeah, (laughs)
0: Exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> totally. It's
1: like that's why. Oh like,
0: my god. They call it and like. And what an expensive thing! And the recovery from any sort of surgery is so jarring to your body. My god.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And to your point, if you need it, you need it. Great. But let's just exhaust the other options yes. first. So. Wow. It's loco.
0: I cannot thank you enough for having this conversation with me. No, I'm so, I'm grateful that we get to elevate this. Just, I'm empowered and I'm mad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know I had a
0: pelvic floor until my
1: 20s. I was like, wait, what is this part of my
0: body? I didn't Hold either on. until my friends started having kids and were having these issues. And she was like, I feel so much better. You know, once I started seeing someone like it. and I've been seeing a, chiro, like literally, you know, I think when I was 14 weeks, I started seeing a chiropractor. And yeah. it's someone who's close and I've been doing that twice a week. And without it, I would be dead and I do my little pelvic yeah. floor exercises at home. Good. But I can't imagine like if I like miss a chiropractor appointment, those four days, I'm a I I'm in so much pain. So I think so often about those who are like less privileged, don't have access to information and can't afford these things. Yeah. And I think like these are women who are like on their feet all day long doing very hard work, very pregnant, totally. and will never have a chance to to recover or feel good.
1: Yeah. Honestly, that's been a big area for our focus. So one, we've been just putting out a ton of content on our blog that's like free and educational, the stuff that Facebook thinks is too racy. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we just want to make this information out there. Um, but then, you know, the second piece is actually starting to work with, you know, insurance companies like Medicaid, because if Great. you're a Black woman in this country, you know, the Black maternal mortality rates are so insane. High. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need to figure out how to not just do this for, you know, women who already have access, but really just change the standard of care.
0: Yeah. Because those women are not seen or heard. Exactly. And then it relates
1: to policy around, you know, how much time you get off postpartum, you know, in some States you don't even get time. Like imagine if you had a knee surgery and you had to like show up and work at a factory job, like you can't do that. No,
0: I you know it's horrible. So, well, let's, but, end this. No, let's end on this note. Let's <laughs> 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 that everyone can have pain-free sex. <laughs> yes. Well,
1: and, and I think what's so magical for me and like after working in tech for so long, I love having a service. It's still like virtual, but you know, I get to meet people in real life and just this aha uh-huh that usually happens after the first appointment where it's Aww. I don't have to live with this anymore. Like, yes. yes. So yeah, for anyone listening, even if you're down in the US, like a lot of this is very common, but it's totally treatable. And, you know, you just need to find someone who really is looking at the evidence and can help you understand your body first and foremost. Even just education is part of actually our therapeutic work.
0: I was about to say, yeah. for anyone who's not, you know, close to a location, you have so much information on your website that you provide for free. So where yeah. can people find Origin?
1: Yeah. So uh, we're on the web at the originway.com And we are currently working in California, New York, and Texas, but our goal is to become national. And maybe who knows, one day we'll, I'll have a reason to go back to France and Italy <laughs> and, and kind of other countries. Um, but yeah, for now, healthcare in the U.S. is complicated enough, so we're we're starting here.
0: Yeah, we need the help. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> stay here.
0: Well, thank you so much for this conversation and for what you do. And it was just lovely meeting you.
1: No, thank you so much, and I'm wishing you all the best uh, for you. a safe and healthy delivery.
0: I will be in an origin very soon. I promise you that. We <laughs> got <look> you. <laughs> Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.